October 21st, as we chug on through the year that was 2020. Ba 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 ba. So, uh, we were talking with the gentleman who was talking about housing in California on the radio show before we switched over here. And uh, some of the statistics uh, that he quoted about uh, homelessness, and, and this is even more horrifying, is that uh, people coming out of foster care. It seems like statistically, if you've been in foster care and you age out, your chances of ending up homeless are astoundingly high. You know, it's almost a miracle that you don't uh, end up homeless. I mean, he quoted a number of 80%, and that may be California. Nationwide, it's 25%. That means one in four children. And mind you, yes, that means they're 18 years old if they've aged out, but they are children. I mean, imagine your life when, if you were 18 years old, had no parents to lean on, no money, no prospects, maybe not even done with high school yet, and suddenly you're on your own. You don't have a place to sleep. You don't have a place to shower. You don't have access to Internet or a computer. Uh, probably don't even have a phone. You're just basically on your own. Go, Good luck. Go have a life. Uh, I, it, it just it baffles me baffles me that there isn't some um, means of helping people in that situation. Um, I looked at two national organizations. One is Covenant House, which takes people who uh, are in that situation, um, young young adults, and says, we'll give you a place to live. We'll give you, you know, some clean clothes and a shower and and then talk with you about what you want to do and how we can help you get there. And, and so... Um, you know they do great work, but they're only in certain cities. The closest one to where I live and I is is 43 miles away. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, in Hollywood, and uh, you know there are places in the in the country where they'll be even further away. There's the the resources are spread pretty thin. Um, the other one that's out there that I was looking at was the National Center for Housing and Child Welfare, and uh, um, they do things more at the um, at the uh, governmental level um, rather than on the streets trying to help um, uh, you know get get funding and resources that would become available then for places like Covenant House um, I tell you what you know if if ever there was a a uh, thing that needs charitable input a, a means that needs charitable input then uh, this would be it something that we can make an impact a huge impact on people's lives in a very short order um, it's one of those things that uh, I think that if you can find a way or find a charity that, that supports uh, young people aging out of foster care and provides them with just some basic support and, and, and you know, human caring about them and what they do with their life, um, if you can get involved with that, you can have an amazing impact on somebody's life, and it's it's well worth the effort. If you want to feel good about yourself doing something to help somebody else, um, you know, I can think of many ways to do that, but this is certainly a, a great one um, to help out. And I know that a lot of things are done through churches. I know Catholic Charities does a lot of things like this. Um, I uh, 
had shared a story of um, uh, a young lady through my swim team. Um, I, a uh, young man was, uh, you know, had a girlfriend in high school. Turns out the girlfriend was living in a foster family, and the foster family, when she turned 18, said, okay, you're out, and, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, she's out and she wasn't even graduated from high school yet but she turned 18 before she graduated they weren't getting paid to keep her anymore so they kicked her out which is unconscionable I can't believe that somebody did that but there are people who do that luckily um, the young man's parents stepped in and said hey you know we've got a spare room here's the rules you know you're living in our house um, but but we will you know give you a place to live we're not gonna kick you out in the street we're not gonna let that happen because you know they had made a connection and 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 they cared you know they were human beings who cared about somebody and uh, you know that's not asking too much to care about another human being uh, especially in these times when it's so easy to to demonize the other guys you know whoever the other guys are you can as soon as I say the other guys I bet everybody in their head goes to what who the other guys are right whether they be political or have different skin color, or uh, you know, live in a different place, or speak a different language. Suddenly, you, it's not hard for you to figure out who the other guys are, and that's something that we as humans need to try to strive to overcome. If we're all going to be able to to live together and have have happy and and bountiful lives, it's it's we've got to get past the other guys and get to we are all in this together. So um, Aaron should be joining us here shortly. Um, I'm going to stop preaching and move on to uh, next thing up. Um, I, oh, oh, here's Aaron. Let's get her on. Hi, Aaron. Hello. I uh, just continued preaching a little bit about the concept of, of caring about other human beings. You know, I, I did a little thought experiment. Um, if you hear the term other guys, those are the other guys. I think everybody naturally in their mind immediately goes to who the other guys are, whether it be somebody of different colored skin or somebody of different language or, you know, they're not, they're not us. They're the other guys. And we as human beings, if we can get away from or learn to understand who those people are and recognize that we as a collective humanity are together. Yes. If we can get rid of the uh, concept of the other guys, yes. then we can solve just an immense number of problems. Indeed. I, I, indeed. You know, uh, the hospitality of, of welcoming somebody in your home when they're in an hour of need, and there's nobody who's in more need than a foster for, a foster kid. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and if you, you know, the, the thing about it is, they feel disposable anyway because their family didn't work out for whatever reason their 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 biological family didn't work out and then mm -hmm. you if you kick them out have just solidified in their minds that they're disposable yeah because you kicked them out as soon as they weren't profitable for you what kind of a monster does that i mean unless you have some major catastrophe in your family but even then you don't you don't throw out your children yeah yeah, it's just it's it's beyond me how anybody who is theoretically a caring and compassionate person by taking in foster children could then look at that child and say, "You're no longer a child, you're an adult. Go on your way." 
Yes. We're done with you. Yes. Um, I, it, I don't it's get it. Just horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. And yet, I know personally, uh, you know, I should say, I know peripherally somebody who went through that. I mean, I've met the young lady and, uh, and, and know the family that then took her in and said, you know, we will give you a place to live and a place to stay and you can finish school and and figure out what's going on and there's no end date on this they told her that up front you know you this is your place now you know but yeah. uh uh the horror that must have been going through her mind when basically you know she came home from school on her birthday and had her stuff packed up and they said okay oh my been, god been nice knowing you Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh wow. I mean, what do you do? What do you do? Oh I think god. back when I was 18 and what a bonehead I was. Um, you know, I, I had you know and and I joke within our family we joke about the fact that you know my parents had always said, you know, when you're 18 you're on your own. And I remember when I was like 17 and 3 quarters sitting down with my mom and going, you know, I don't think I'm ready for that. And she laughed at me and said, you ding dong we weren't serious we were teasing you you know well, we, and we had the same conversation with our kids they really thought we were going to kick them out we're like oh my gosh no yeah we don't want you we want you to be doing something you can't right. stay here if you're going to sit on the couch and play video games all day but if you're right. going to school and or working you're fine yeah yeah and and that's essentially what my parents said too but it was you know they had been telling me for a couple years hey you know better have some plans and of course, as eighteen approaches, I haven't figured out what I'm doing. I, I'm not sure where I'm going to go to school, or and and so I, my backup was I was going to go enlist. You know, oh, that was my backup. My dad had been you know in the military 21 years and had a good life, and I so I figured if worst comes to worst and they're really out at 18, I was going to enlist. But put on that uh, blue Air Force uniform. Yeah, probably that's where I would have gone because that's what he did. You know. And, Again, worked out good for him. It was a life I was sort of familiar with, and so I went, okay, um, that's kind of what I was looking at doing. Um, I was on the wait list for being accepted into the um, um, Coast Guard Academy as well, and oh, cool. so um, that I had done. I had applied for that, and uh, they actually, uh, they, they started over the summer, and so I, didn't, I was waitlisted and, and didn't make that, but then later... As school had just gotten ready to start, like literally like the week before it was supposed to start, and I ended up going to uh, San Diego State, um, they um, – uh, actually, no, what was it? I don't remember what it was. Anyway, they came in really late, and they said that I could go, and at that point I had changed my mind and decided not to go. Um, well, yeah, at that point you'd made other plans. Yeah, and so I ended up not doing that, but uh, – um, but, you know, that the military was sort of my back backup plan. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, I, I very distinctly remember my mother looking at me like, you idiot, <laughs> you know, and, and, and in retrospect, I was an idiot. And I can't imagine kids that are actually in that situation and how terrifying that is for them, you know, yeah. to either know it's coming or to not know it's coming and just, you know, come home one day on your birthday thinking everything's cool. This is, hey, it's my birthday today. And oh, by the way. Here's all your stuff. You're not staying here anymore. I, wow. I, I just, yeah, the, like you said, the monster. 
the the people who do that. I mean, and these are people who ostensibly put on a happy face to the world, like, hey, look, I'm taking in foster kids, you know. And I certainly don't want to characterize all foster parents as that, because that's not the not. case. There's a lot of good ones. Yeah, that is not the case. But but there are people who do that. It's not just you know after school specials. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I honestly, and you bring up the idea, and I don't can't remember if we talked about this on this podcast, you bring up the idea of, you know, enlisting. What mm-hmm. if it was required for every young person, and maybe we did talk about this, every young person um, that they had to do either two years in the military or two years um, in a National civilian, service. Yeah. Pardon? National, national service. service. And yeah. maybe that's how they, they pay for college. Maybe that's how we say, okay, well, this is, this is you know. Yeah how you get well your your payback is essentially the, the gi bill right and and you know what um i would support that personally i think that that you know and and if you're you know if you're a conscientious conscientious objector fine go build houses you know um exactly. you know for homeless people go do you know go go you know help clean the the underbrush out of forests to make them them safer i mean there's all kinds of things you know help build and improve our highways the the infrastructure there's all kinds of uh of civil service type of things that you could do um and it would give you a a skill give you time to think about what you want to do lots of countries in the world do have a mandatory service um and i personally would have absolutely no trouble with that had i been had I had that as an option, I think it wouldn't have been a bad thing at all, um, you know. And it also gives people time to to process and say, okay, hey, this is what a working life is like. Do I want to keep doing this or do I want to go to college? Does it make sense for me to, to you know, go get educated so that I can do, you know, more of uh, uh, a job that requires mental work as opposed to physical work, um, which is not always the perfect you know, line between educated jobs and non-educated jobs, but, but it's, you know, it's a rough estimate, right? I mean, it's, it's probably a a fair line to be drawn. Um, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and that then, then, then I could get behind, you know, um, universal college for everybody because a, there's a way to pay for it because you're putting in some time to, to offset that. You know, and whether, you know, you figure out if it's a year or two years or, you know, 18 months or two and a half years or whatever the number is. Or, or hey, if you want four years of college, you need four years of service somewhere. That's fine, too. I mean, but, you know, I think that's a way to do it. And, in fact, you don't even have to make it mandated. You could just say, here's the deal. You do this, and here's the, the, the list of, of jobs that we need done, whether they be military or civil service type positions and you know you sign up for one of these jobs and you for x amount of time and you get x amount of college paid for by the government i think that's fair and i think you get a lot of people taking it you know and that then provides free college to anybody who wants it yes and but but they have skin in the game yeah not just free college for free college it's free college they it's not free college you earned it right yeah you know and the same way that for the gi bill and maybe it's you get a certain number of dollars that you can spend every year on college and you can pick what college you want. Or maybe it's, you know, you get, it's free at a state or yeah, state college. I don't know. I don't know what that would look like, but I think that would be wonderful. And I think, I think our young people would grow up. Yeah. You certainly can't force, you know, like Stanford or Harvard, these private ed, you can't force them to accept the, um, 
you know, a, a voucher from the government for for a year's worth of college because a year's worth of college at Harvard is more expensive than a year's worth of college at UCLA. But you know what? UCLA is a good school. UC it's Davis a is a good school. Uh, Cal State Northridge is, uh, you know, a good school. You get an education in these places. And, you know, although there are certainly some places who will, you know, lift an eyebrow and go, ooh, you've got your degree from, from Yale, there are also hundreds of jobs who go, do you have a degree? Great. Okay, here's what you, you're not qualified for this job. Move on. Yes. They don't care where it came from. They just they, they care what it stands for because they realize that you're going to have to get trained on the job to do the job. We just want to know that you have the stick to to go through and educate yourself on something. And if you can do yes. that, then we will educate you on what we need you to be educated on. Yes. Yeah. Because the work is hard. Whatever you're doing, there, it takes effort. And they need to make, make sure that you're somebody who can who can uh, stick to something. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I would be perfectly fine with that. I think that that would be a wonderful yeah. idea. And. You know, some people would say, "Oh, it's the government taking over and force blah 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 blah." So you make it, you make it, um, so it's not yeah. mandatory. Yeah, Although we as a society need certain things done, right? Yes. So here's a labor force that is motivated to jump in and do those things because the payout on the back end is as they get an education. Um, you know, and that way we're not giving away something for nothing. And we're getting stuff done that we need done in our country. I think that's a uh, if if either one of our political parties would get behind something like that, I would 100 percent support them that that I'd I say, OK, I'll do that. That's, you know, I'll, I'll take all the other crap that you either, and you meaning either party piles on to their ticket in, in terms of things that I think are stupid because both sides do things that I think are stupid at times. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, fine, I'll take all the other political garbage. I would that's that's an issue I would get behind and just say, OK, yeah, let's do that. And I don't have any skin in the game because although I do have two daughters who are in college now, they are already, you know, in it far enough and, and have picked their direction that even if something like that were, you know, on the ticket today and was going to be voted for in, you know, 18 days. Uh, I guess it's less than that, isn't it? It's like 16 days now or 15 yes. days, something like that. Two weeks. Yes. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't benefit me in any way, shape, or form, or any of my family. You know, I mean, it's this would be something that my grandchildren would have the benefit of, and but I think society, more importantly, would have the benefit of this um, in a short term. You know, I, I I agree. There's certainly plenty of work to be done everywhere. Yeah, cleaning up streets and painting yeah. houses and, and buildings and pressure washing um, older buildings and you know just. Co yeah. just creating a more beautiful space. Yeah, and and I know it sounds very like um, weird FDR like to, because that means that we'd probably see things like the you know Works Projects Administration come back and things like that. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that because we're getting things done, and and the payoff is we get a more educated populace on the back end of it. I think I, I see that as a win. -win. That's an investment a government and a country should make. So, and you think about the WPA, how many dams and bridges and other canals, other kind of infrastructure yeah. was built on that? And we still have them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're still around. Yeah, so, absolutely. A hundred years ago. Yeah. Well, and in yeah. fact, you know, some of those things, like some of those dams that we've determined have now caused some, some uh, uh, ecological issues with, you know, damming up 
flowing rivers and, and, and things like that, that, you know, we don't have a means to fund it. But if we did something like this, we maybe could where they would take the dam down, you know, pull some of those, you know, 70 year old and 80 year old dams out and replace them with um, hydroelectric plants that allow free, free flowing of the water. You know, so that you don't have a giant dam that's blocking it up, and you you put the ecology back the way it was. Yes. Um, you now, know, because there's been proposals for that, but there. The I'm sorry. Say it again, please. In some cases, there's a lot of houses in the way. Now. Oh yeah, yeah. Some of this you can't do. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, you don't pull out Hoover Dam and and, and flood all of the Southland. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't want Lake Mead in my backyard right now, um, but. Uh, you know, but but there's been some proposals to do some of those kinds of things to try to put you know remove some dams and put things back, um, and there are ways to generate hydroelectric energy without damming that you can you know spin water wheels by with flowing water, and so there's ways to do that without having you know they they have to be engineered differently than than they are currently when they're when the generators are built into a dam, um, you know, but it's 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 a very doable thing. But it's hugely expensive, and if you're and, and if you're going to invest in doing that, you know you've got to have a, a structure to handle that. And I think something like this would allow us to do some of those big works projects again that we haven't been doing in our country. You know, our our infrastructure is is ancient, and and I I'm concerned for the not too distant future. You know, so we we maintain uh, highways to some extent, but they're not done uh, terribly well. And then you know our our like our rail infrastructure is in in poor shape, and people don't realize how much you know we talk about trucks moving stuff around the country. Well, first of all, they're hugely inefficient compared to trains, but a lot of a lot of the goods are moved in big chunks by train, and then the trucks pick them up and then distribute from distribution centers. And so we're still using rail in a lot of ways to move large amounts of stuff. And uh, and we we need to work on that infrastructure, you know, to make sure that it's it maintained. That's a huge cost, and uh, and that and that requires labor. That requires people to go out and do it. So I think we just I solved agree. the world's problems. <laughs> Gosh, we're smart. <laughs> yeah, I, it's certainly worth a discussion. I don't know that anybody would ever consider it, but. Uh... Heck, I think it's a good. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I would be really interested to hear somebody who's thought through this sit down and poke holes in it and tell us why it doesn't work or why it's not a good idea. Because on the face of it, I think it's a great idea. I'm curious as well, to what the alternative opinions might be. You know, yeah. I mean, I personally am not opposed to a mandatory national service, but I can understand where that might bother or or fly in the face of some people's beliefs and so you know even if you just instead of you don't have the stick you just have the carrot and say hey it's not mandatory but on the back end we have an enhanced gi bill that will work for you whether you and here's the list of services it doesn't have to necessarily just be military you know you don't have to sign up for the space force which by the way these days if i were signing up that's the one i'd sign up for because (laughs) space force i want to see what the uniforms look like for space force yeah, I, I want to wear the Star Trek leotard. Exactly. You know, exactly. Actually, it wasn't like a leotard, but they're they're you know they had that polyester top that was like form fitting and and you know yeah. showed every little bump and bulge on your body. Of course, everybody on the show was rail thin because they were all kids back in the sixties. But uh, yeah, it's funny how you look at <laughs> you look back in 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 time and how how they imagined 
the future would look in terms of like, you know, clothing and stuff. And it was so funny because certain things were like so, um, so air quotes futuristic and other things were like so obviously just of their era, you know, like the haircuts, the haircuts didn't change at all. And, you know, if time tells us anything, people change their haircuts pretty dramatically over periods of time, you know? But I guess, I guess they didn't have the ima- imagination of the capital in the Hunger Games, you know. Yeah. Thinking of crazy hairstyles. Yeah. Oh, those were awesome, weren't they? They really. <laughs> they were funny. Oh my crazy. gosh. They were funny. <sighs> you know, my favorite character in that whole thing was, um, and, and forgive me because I don't remember the names of all the characters, so fans don't don't hate me. Um, the guy who was the like the talk show announcer. Um, Oh yes, Caesar. Caesar. Yeah. Uh, Flicka. Yeah. Caesar. Caesar. I think it's Caesar Flicka. Yeah, it was. Um, oh yeah, I love. Uh, yes. Ah, uh, Caesar Flickerman. 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 I, I did a quick look up. Uh, quick look up and on it. Stanley it. Tucci. Yeah, Stanley. T- I love Stanley Tucci. Anyway, I he too. is. I he love as an, everything he's in. Yeah, I agree. He's fearless. He he will. You know, they say, okay, you're going to have purple hair and purple eyebrows. And you're going to um, uh, be a talk show host, you know, and and he just inhabited that character and just said, OK, we'll go with it. You know, uh, yep. I guess I guess I, his hair, lips and eyelids were dyed powder blue, looked purple to me. <laughs> but apparently that was supposed to be powder blue. Yeah. You know, um, he uh, I loved him in The Devil Wears Prada. I, I, he, oh. he was probably my favorite character in that movie. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, Stanley Tucci. If uh, he's one of those guys that you can, um, uh, you know, sit down and go to his Wikipedia page and and look at his uh, filmography, and go, oh, okay, I loved all those movies. Or yes. hey, you want to watch something? Go to Stanley Tucci's page and then go just flip through his f- and pick one. Yes. You know. Yes. Pick one. One of my favorite comedies, and I think I've mentioned this before, is a movie called Big Trouble. And it often gets confused with Big Trouble in Little China, but it's it's a different movie. It's Big Trouble, and it's a um, it's based on a novel by Dave Barry. Oh, I love Dave Barry. Yeah, and in it was Tim Allen, Rene Russo, Dennis Farina, Zoe Deschanel, Sofia Vergara, uh, Jason Lee, and Stanley Tucci. And it is hilarious. It is sort of a, um, you know comedic series o events and if you want to just sit and giggle for 85 minutes go watch big trouble um it is so funny uh, i i swear to this day anytime i see arugula i giggle and think of this movie <laughs> all right so i'm gonna check it out yeah yeah there's a um a uh uh what do you uh, oh gosh I'm sorry my brain is not thinking here when somebody does just a, a, a like a pop in scene they're only in like one scene they're there it's a, a um, cameo thank you I don't know why my brain's not not thinking cameo this morning but Martha Stewart does a cameo where she is basically uh, Stanley Tucci's character's dog who <laughs> and Stanley Tucci has been sprayed in the face he's been poisoned by a hallucinogenic toad. And he sees Martha Stewart's face on his dog. And every time the dog barks, you see Martha Stewart going, Arugula! Arugula! 
it, all right, so now I gotta watch it. Yeah. I tell you, I'm on I'm on IMDb, and the first um, uh, review that I see, it's titled "A Sorely Underrated Comedy." Yeah. So. Yeah, know, not enough people know about this. It is so funny, so funny. It, it just, I yeah, I mean, you know, just sit back and go for a ride because it's just, it's, yeah, uh, big trouble. Anytime you're feeling down. Yeah, anytime you're feeling down, that one will pick you right up. Uh, but yeah, it's it's hard to find a Stanley Tucci movie where he doesn't do well. You know, um, he plays the the father in Easy A, and his scenes uh, are hilarious, <laughs> absolutely hilarious. You know, I mean, I he's just. In fact, if I were doing a movie, I would either star Stanley Tucci or I wouldn't put him in the movie because he'll steal every scene he's in. I would yes, hate to be an every, actor. Every scene he's in, he steals. Yeah, he is that good. Yeah, he plays the dad. <laughs> Patricia Clarkson plays the the mother, and their scenes, their banter back and forth are in Easy A, another cute um, comedy movie that's just really funny and lots of giggles, um, and I've watched repeatedly, um, and and their scenes together are just astounding. I, you just look at it and you go like, how can one guy do so many different things and do them all so well? So have you been paying attention to this Google breakup and the DOJ, what they're, they're not breaking, they, they are, the U.S. Department in, of Justice says that yeah. Google might need to be broken up because of antitrust violations. Yeah. Um, what well, you know, it's funny because I rail on about how much I dislike Facebook, and I seldom talk about Google as, you know, the evil empire of a company. But when you think about it, in many ways, they are as bad or worse in some of their behaviors. And I'll give an example. Um, the Google owns worldwide about 86% of every search on the Internet. And that includes counting all of China, which doesn't use Google at all. So if you take China out of the the equation, their usage rate goes up into the mid to high 90%, okay? Which means that if you go to look for something on the Internet, you're almost exclusively using Google to find it. So if Google decides to not post your stuff, so when you do a search and your information, your website doesn't show up, they can destroy your business. Further, yes, Google is the number one seller of advertising on the internet. So if you put ads on your on your website in order to make an income, to make you know that's your livelihood. Um, if you're not getting traffic driven to your website, uh, then it affects your bottom line directly. And they also control the rates that they charge and how much of the each ad the website gets versus Google gets. So they can decide how much money you make and how much traffic you get to make that money. So they have two incredibly powerful controls over the virtually the entire internet uh, worldwide with the possible exception of China. Um, and so, you know, that puts them in an incredibly powerful position. And you say, okay, well, just because they have that, I mean, they're a company that got big on their own. Why, why should we care? One of the websites that I go to is a website for tracking tech things. Is one called Mac Daily News. Now, Mac Daily News covers Apple products. That's their primary focus. They talk about things that are going on with Apple products, new new software things, anything that's going on with Apple. They they carry it. 
They also have, offer sometimes opinions. Their format or their structure is they will give you a news topic or some information about something going on in the world. They will very often add a quote about something that is happening. And then at the bottom, they usually add a little note saying, here's our take on this. Here's what our editorial board feels about this. They have called out Google for being a company that essentially stole the idea for the interface for Android from Apple. There is plenty of evidence to show that that's exactly what happened, that the idea for the Android interface phone was essentially a clone of the, Ras- or the uh, Raspberry, the, um, the uh, BlackBerry uh, phones with yes. a keyboard at the bottom, and they, they had designed their Android to be that. Apple introduced the iPhone, and all of Apple of of Google's subsequent software revs had switched their interface to what looked like the iPhone with little columns and rows of icons. They they stole the idea, flat out stole it, um, and they have. Uh, there's been law ca- uh, court cases that have indicated that that's the case. Now, the court cases have always been against people who manufacture devices because of the way our laws are written. That's how they had Apple had to go attack it and because Google was giving away the operating system for free. It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, l- lawyerly thing. But it's, it's pretty much a fact that Google cloned, illegally cloned that, that interface. Um, not that Apple hasn't done things too. I mean, companies do. But they've done that. Mac Daily News has called them out on that. And as a result, since 2009, Mac Daily News uh, is, is articles are not posted in Google searches. Um, they have uh, actually taken Google to court because they have said that Google has in, uh, increased the Google fees, i.e. taking money away from ad revenue that was coming into their site uh, and doing that directly or directly. Not globally, like, hey, we've changed our rates for everybody. We've changed our rates for you guys because of... Oh my God. And then they insert reasons that they had to do it for this site because that site did this or that or other things. Um, so they're punishing they, them. Yeah. And they, they've also pointed out that, that not only they, but news sites all around the world have changed what they write and the way they write because they very now intentionally have to try to figure out what Google's search algorithm is and use language and words and text that will be picked up by Google search algorithms so that they get highly placed in searches. And so, you know, they, they, and and then they've been forced to play games where they like, um, pick up articles. They have their people write articles that they then get picked up by other publications. And then they link to the other publication on their site because their site doesn't show up in the searches because Google is punishing them for, for saying things bad about Google. Um, and this is an, you know, one company's indication about what it's like to deal with a behemoth company that has that much power. Uh, you've got to imagine that it has happened other places. And, of course, Google will hide behind the, well, you know, they didn't show up in the in the searches, but it's not like we indicated, you know, we, we were picking on them. It's just our algorithm, you know, and most people don't even know what an algorithm is. And so, you know, they just throw that out as some sort of voodoo that suddenly is supposed to make them sound innocent. Um, Google has behaved very badly. And so I think that... And, and people talk about Apple having, you know, monopoly power. They sell about 25% of the smartphones worldwide. They, they're not, they don't have monopoly of, over anything. 
Um, they're more profitable because of their their structure of the, how they run their company, uh, and they sell you know higher end equipment, but uh, but they don't have a, a monopoly monopoly, not like Google does. And Google clearly is. I mean, it's almost the definition of monopolistic power and the reason that we have antitrust laws. And so the fact that they're being investigated, from my perspective, I tend to agree with the fine folks at Mac Daily News and say, what took you so long? You know? Yeah. 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 True. By the way, had, for those who are... I didn't realize that they were doing that. That's Yeah. Wow. Well, and, and yeah, and, and you know why? Because when you search to find your article talking about it, they don't display it. Wow. They're not good. They, they're they're actively editing what you see in your searches, which is what you want them to do. They're supposed to edit what you see in your searches so that you don't have to look at the entire Internet to figure out, you know, information about something. But when they do it to block anything negative about them, when they do it to exert control and leverage over, um, you know, companies that they work with or against or or, you know, it's it's just that's incredibly unethical behavior. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope that they, that their ducks in a row and that they can actually prove that that's going on if it is going on. Cause again, I, I'll, I'll throw alleged out there for all of this. Um, you know, it hasn't been proven in a court of law. Um, but that Makes kind of behavior is, is horrifying to think, you know, how filtered are we? I mean, so, you know, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say big tech is, is, uh, leans politically left in a, in a big way. And with, mm-hmm. with the, the Justice Department taking this on uh, right before an election, uh, presidential election. It makes me wonder that if if the guard changes in Washington, will they continue yeah. the investigation? Well, they also pointed out that they are being investigated by uh, eleven different states' attorney generals for similar behavior. All eleven states' attorney generals who have filed cases against them are Republican states. Um, they, you know, no Democratic states have said anything about them or have raised any issues at this point. And so, yes, if there's a changing of the guards, my guess is that this will all get dropped and we'll never hear, we won't hear from it again unless, um, you know, some Republican decides to make that the cross that he's going to, you know, climb up on uh, in the Senate or in the House. And uh, and then maybe use that as a way to, to you know, launch a, a presidential run or something like that because it's a big enough issue to do that. Here's the problem. Google represents a, a ton of money that's put into politics, as does Indeed. Facebook, as does, you know, all of these big companies spend a lot of money for both sides. And so if you're running for office, are you going to turn away Google's, you know, thousands of dollars of political donations and let them give it to somebody who's running against you instead? You know, it's a quandary. It really is. And I understand that politicians have to look at both sides of that because they can't do anybody any good if they're not in office. Um, you know, and so you have to make trade-offs and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation. I mean, you know, the, the, the people in the best situation to be able to take on something like this are those that are, that are, uh, you know, time limited or, or term limited out. So they, there's nothing to lose. I can't run again anyway. So, you know, we're going to go try to do the, the right thing finally, <laughs> which is sad. It's sad that our politics have gotten to that point. That you know, who's the politician you can trust? The one who won't have a job in four years. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And knows Although, it. Often, if it's if if the term limit is too short, what ends up happening is that uh, unelected bureaucrats are the ones who make all the important decisions, and all the politicians yeah. do is glad hand. 
Yeah, I worry about our our House of Representatives essentially functioning that way these days. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything we've read says that you know because they have a two year term, that they the day that they're elected they have to start raising. You know, what was it? Somebody figured out what the average it takes to get elected in the in the House, and they said you've got to be raising like you know six thousand dollars a day. And so the day you get elected, you're already starting to call donors and making, you know, and start doing the politicking to get people to make donations so that you can uh, make a book. Yeah, crazy. Well, yeah. I, it's certainly I, it's certainly going to be interesting to watch this, um, you know, uh, you know, and see and to see what happens because it's been a long time since I think since Ma Bell was broken up. Yeah, um, yeah, know, we haven't we have done any had, busting, had trust any busting, trust busting. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. We we as a country generally tend to be pretty pro business. I mean, even the Democrats, you know, it's like we want our our companies to do well and and be healthy and, you know, whether you want to, you know, tax the snot out of them or not, we 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 tend to support our businesses and not not break them up unless they're just so obviously behaving, you know, like the evil empire. Yep. Um, you know, it's funny, and I think I brought this up before, but you know, when you hear things like that about Google and 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 you know, the similar type of allegations about how Facebook and Twitter, in fact, we talked about Facebook and Twitter this week, you know, blocking uh, political conversations that they don't feel match what, you know, and of course, they never say it this way. They don't say that doesn't match our political leaning. They say, you know, that's unsubstantiated claims, so we're going to block it, which is what they did with the the information about, uh, you know, Biden's son that they're getting off of his computer. They're saying that that was, you know, they're not even saying it's unsubstantiated. They're saying that was illegally obtained, which is doubtful the way i understand it but yeah that's called investigative journalism right but you know when you hear about that kind of stuff you wonder you know we talk about how china gets a a limited version of the internet and as a result the chinese people are fed information that that helps them mentally align with their government because their government doesn't allow things that have alternative opinions to be heard you wonder if you know that's not happening here too, just in a different way. Instead of the government, it's it's the corporations. You know, doesn't allow things that are anti-corporate. You know, in our oligarchy here, uh, that that our our companies won't allow us to hear anything that's negative about them. So we continue to 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 love and support them. Uh, you know, and and worship at the altar of you know insert corporate entity here that you can't live without be it Facebook or Apple or Google or Amazon or whatever, Um, you know, and those four in particular are so dang powerful at, you know, providing it. And they're they're major sources of way people get information these days. And so, you know, how you filter that information controls how a lot of people think in a lot of ways, because that's the only information they get. People are reasonable, but if you only give them, you know, part of the story, they're going to make form their opinions based on what they hear. Um, I wonder how much better off we really are than China, you know? Yep. I mean, granted, we're not locking, we're not locking up Uyghurs, but, uh, but you know, the big brother is, is here and, and, you know, whether he's, uh, incorporated in the state of Delaware or wherever, or whether he's, uh, you know, sitting in Beijing, uh, he's no less evil. (laughs) Happy Wednesday. <laughs> you know, okay, I have one, one last thing because we are completely out of time, but I wanted to say this. I saw a meme that said it had a picture of a, a scene from the movie Fight Club, and the rule of 2021 is we don't talk about 2020. 
And I'm thinking, <laughs> I love that. I yeah. love that. So that will be our final thought for today. Yeah. Go watch Big Trouble. <laughs> That'll make you feel good. There you go. There you go. That'll well, make I'm you Aaron feel Brinker. good. And I'm Todd Brinker. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.